0: Hello and welcome to episode number 58 of the Neurophysio Podcast. I'm your host, Andres Braschel, helping you discover your science to optimize your life. And today's episode is a special edition episode because actually my interview on the Crossover Podcast with Dr. Rick Komatar, one of the brightest and most accomplished neurosurgeons in the world. And this was posted on IGTV, his podcast. And uh, it's all about knowing your physio and the 10 things that everyone should know about their physiology. If there's one thing that I wish I could have included on this list, it would have been the influence that meditation has on your physiology. But I've done so much content on that already that I figured maybe it'd be a little redundant since a lot of you guys uh, have tuned into previous episodes where I describe just how important that is on a daily basis. So anyway, yeah, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this special edition episode. I hope that you enjoy hearing me talk a little more than you used to. And uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. Here's Dr. Rick with his intro. I'll see you on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, the folks at Bioptimizers have done it again. They've just released their new and improved formula for magnesium breakthrough, the most powerful magnesium supplement on the market today. This product was already amazing, but optimizers has continued to research and improve it. And this new fourth generation formula means magnesium breakthrough is now even more potent and effective for reducing stress, improving sleep, and boosting energy levels. And if you've already taken magnesium breakthrough, you'll want to try the new formula as soon as you can, because it now includes cofactors like B6 and manganese that help with the absorption of magnesium. And if you've never tried magnesium breakthrough before now is the perfect time to try it. And here's why. For the deepest healing of many health problems, Dr. Mark Circus says there is going to be only one answer, and that answer is magnesium. And why does he say that? Well, there's two very important reasons. First, magnesium is involved in 80% of the body's metabolic reactions. And second, about 75% of people are not getting enough magnesium. This is a much bigger problem than most people think because when you don't get enough magnesium, you suffer from poor sleep, low energy, and even higher stress levels. And in every bottle of magnesium breakthrough, you'll get seven unique forms of organic full-spectrum magnesium, which can dramatically improve your health. It can help you sleep longer and deeper, help you reduce stress levels and feel more calm. It'll give you abundant all-day energy to win at life. And Because it supports mental awareness, Magnesium Breakthrough can help you to finally feel like yourself again. Simply taking two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed by the improvements in your mood and energy levels and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. You'll feel refreshed like new. And for an exclusive offer for my listeners, you can go to magbreakthrough.com slash undress and use code undress, A-N-D-R-E-S. During checkout to save 10% and get free shipping. Oh, and one last thing, if you want your loved ones to be healthier, consider giving them the gift of magnesium breakthrough for Mother's Day, Father's Day, or even a, a spring birthday. Again, that special link is magbreakthrough.com slash undress. That's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com slash undress. One more time magbreakthrough.com slash undress, A-N-D-R-E-S. Use code undress during checkout, save 10% and get free shipping. And that's all for now, folks. Have an amazing rest of your day. Hope you enjoy some good sleep and some nice, calm energy with your magnesium. Hello, and welcome to episode number 58 of the Neurophysio Podcast. I'm your host, Andres Brichel helping you discover your science and optimize your life. And today's episode is a special edition episode because actually my interview on the Crossover podcast with Dr. Rick Komatar, one of the brightest and most accomplished neurosurgeons in the world. And this was posted on IGTV, his podcast. And it's all about knowing your physio and the 10 things that everyone should know about their physiology. If there's one thing that I wish I could have included on this list, It would have been the influence that meditation has on your physiology, but I've done so much content on that already that I figured maybe it'd be a little redundant since a lot of you guys have tuned into previous episodes where I describe just how important that is on a daily basis. So anyway, yeah, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this special edition episode. I hope that you enjoy hearing me talk a little more than you used to. And let's go ahead and jump right in. Here's Dr. Rick with his intro. I'll see you on the other side.
1: i man. Will. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's clearly that you're a pro at this. Normally, it's like five or 10 minutes for someone to <laughs> log on, but I literally went really? live and you were right there. So it makes it super smooth, man. Everything good? Yeah, you've got your glass, your cup with your face on it. I have mine with my name on it. So There you go, man. You got to get the little infinity mug going on. You got to get that <laughs> get that uh, inception mode going. I love it. I love <laughs> it. How you doing? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, I'm going to do a brief introduction just while everyone's logging on. We have the pleasure today of speaking with my friend, Andres Bruchel. He is a nationally recognized fitness and wellness guru, as well as founder and CEO of Know Your Physio Incorporated, which we'll talk about today which is ranked in the top 5% of all podcasts in the world, and there's over 3 million just as background. Andres is local. He did his undergraduate at the University of Miami, where he majored in both exercise physiology and psychology. He currently serves as a graduate assistant for the Department of Kinesiology and Sports Sciences, and he is focused on lifestyle medicine, longevity programs, and he's co-authored multiple books and led multiple webinars on key topics that, again, we will talk about today, talking about intermittent fasting, longevity and exercise physiology. So here today to kind of dumb it all down like we talked about and talk about physiology for dummies. So welcome, Andre, super happy to talk to you today. Thank you. Likewise, it's a pleasure to be here. So let's just talk about basics, right? When people use the word physiology, it sounds like a big scientific word. What is the definition of physiology? So physiology is the study of, you know,
0: mechanisms and function and functions of an organism, right? In this case, it's human physiology. And the way I like to describe this is, you know, physiology is your science. And the reason why I say that is because when you look at science, there's all these, you know, specialties, right? There's biology, there's cardiology. You can go into all these specialties. Physiology kind of looks at the macro view and looks at the way that these systems work together. And so when you look at someone's lifestyle, for example, you're not going to focus in on what their heart's doing or what this is doing or what that's doing. You're kind of looking at the big picture. And from then on, you can incentivize someone to take on new habits to apply science in a certain way. And so it's like a uh, macro view of, but, of your
1: personal but, science. But how did you get involved in it, right? It seems like a very niche thing to focus on, but you clearly have a background in it and an interest. How did you get involved? Yeah. So honestly,
0: I grew up around a lot of doctors. My parents are physicians. And from a very long time, you know, since I was very, very young, I've always appreciated applying science to help others. My parents would come home after work and we'd sit down at dinner and they would just tell us, you know, how rewarding it was to help their patient through this applied science. So to me, it was like the ultimate way to help somebody because you had evidence behind what you were saying and how you were helping. And so I wanted to go into med school and pursue medicine, but actually was suffering with my personal health and wellness for a while. I've always been very happy and healthy, but I did suffer a lot with medication that I was taking. And it wasn't until I started to apply this appreciation for science towards myself, and I was able to make like a complete 180 shift in my wellness, my productivity, my performance, Through applied science, through physiology, through fitness, through nutrition and sleep optimization, which is actually what the medication that I was taking had restricted me from. You know, I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't socializing, added all these things back in through applied science, and I was able to make a big
1: shift in my life. Now, let's get into your podcast, which I think is just phenomenal, right? Know Your Physio. What was the impetus to start that podcast? So that's
0: a good question. A little background on that. When I first started my blog, which preceded the podcast, The original name was Holy Fit. You know, it kind of sounds like holy shit. And it was really to express this eureka moment of learning about your physiology, of your science. And the reason why I wanted to capture that is because when I was going through this, you know, health and wellness journey, I was taking physiology and nutrition classes. And after every single class, I would leave feeling better about myself and my health. I knew that instantly my life had improved. And I wanted to capture this eureka moment for other folks who weren't, you know, majoring in physiology, right? And so originally the name was Holy Fit, but there started to be sort of like questions about religion surrounding Holy Fit and such. And so I had to ditch the name and now I'm capturing that Eureka moment through know your physio. So our slogan is discover your science, optimize your life. And if you notice, our logo is a brain with like a thumbprint in it. So it's like knowing your physiology and yeah,
1: captures that Eureka moment and the value of knowing your unique science. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea. Who's on your team besides yourself, obviously? Who surrounds you so, to do the science, the research?
0: Yeah, so I have my personal team at Know Your Physio. We have a few people here on the team, young folks like me. They're physiologists, biochemists. We have a nurse on board. And, I mean, all these guys, we're all so passionate about doing the research justice while still making it, you know, in a way, sexy, accessible, interesting. I mean, at the end of the day, we are empowering what we call citizen scientists. And so beyond just presenting research, we do wanna make it interesting. And so all of these folks on my team, we have this passion for accessibility through science, the accessibility of science to you know, perform higher, live better, live longer, and yeah, enjoy a better quality of life. And then I also collaborate, I have another project, which is, overlaps nicely with neurophysio. It's a company called Ambre Hormonas, a Spanish for hunger and hormones. And that's actually a concierge medical practice that I started almost exactly four years ago with a interventional radiologist who got a second board certification in obesity medicine. We have a functional medicine doctor on our team and a former MD who now specializes in meditation, mindfulness, and yoga. And we come together to help individuals incorporate all kinds of lifestyle changes. And again, there's a big component of that is understanding their unique physiology. So we teach them in the process, we educate them, and that way we can incentivize them to take on these new habits.
1: So let's start educating our listeners. What are the top 10 things that everyone should know about their own physiology? What should we be responsible for as adults? So I know that in anticipation for this interview, you had asked that question
0: and that was gonna be, we we're gonna focus on that for this interview. And honestly, it's a very difficult question to answer because there's so much about physiology that I want folks to know and understand and apply. But I did prepare a list of 10 subject, 10 categories. And I would say, you know, I'll give like a broad overview right now, but if anyone wants to learn more, you can visit the podcast and you scroll through, pick what you like. I've interviewed all kinds of experts, and you can also take a look at the blog. The Instagram page, there's a lot there that kind of dives deeper. But going through this list, the number one item on this list, and this is the only one on this list that is actually, I'd say, the highest order of importance, is the female biorhythm. So this was actually coined by a woman named Kayla Osterhoff. She's a neuropsychophysiology PhD. I know it's a mouthful. And she coined this term, female biorhythm. And basically, you know, as men, we have just one consistent rhythm. It's the circadian rhythm, right? Women throughout the course of the month are four different people, essentially, according to where their hormones are at. And the thing about women is that they're very much underrepresented in research. Even the latest research, you know, it's either you have young men or you have postmenopausal women. And the reason why this is so important is because according to where women is along a cycle and her biorhythm, she should be eating differently, training differently, managing stress differently, prioritizing sleep differently. And as men, we should cater to where a woman is along her biorhythm to best support them. So that's number one. I've done a lot of podcasts on that, that dive definitely dive deeper. The next thing is understanding a little biometric called HRV. So my specialty in physiology and what I do with, you know, through my practice with my clients is I help people make data-driven decisions for lifestyle change. So looking at the metrics, looking at the biometrics and what they're saying to Take on lifestyle change. I would say that if all the biometrics that I look at, and I look at everything from you know your heart rate to your oxygen saturation to your VO2 max to lipid profiles to HRV and so much more, HRV, heart rate variability is the most important, in my opinion, not always the case, but generally the most important because it reflects your autonomic nervous system function. And from there, you can sort of see what your body can handle and how you can incorporate different habits and forms of use stress. So stress that prepares you to be more resilient and stronger with time, promoting longevity, better quality of life. And if I were to give an analogy to describe HRV, if people, because it's very, um, you know, we can spend the whole day talking about HRV, but a good analogy that I often use is imagine you take a yogi, right? Yogi in a meditative state, eyes closed, lotus pose in a deep theta brainwave state meditation. So super deep meditation. All of a sudden, a lion appears. And the yogi has to quickly get up and start running away. And then a few minutes later, the zookeeper comes and puts the lion in a cage and the stress is gone. Someone with good HRV, so a reflection of your autonomic nervous system function, someone with high HRV and generally good autonomic nervous system function could very effectively, very easily and effectively manage that stress and get away from it. And then once the stress is gone, they can quickly return to their baseline. So someone that has compromised autonomic nervous system function, They can't effectively deal with stress. They can't effectively run away from stress. And even when the stressor's gone, they're still lingering to it. They still have this like background sort of stress. And of course, as you know, that can promote all kinds of chronic disease. So I help people, you know, engage in all sorts of lifestyle habits that can help them improve their autonomic nervous system function. And the reflection of that is higher HRV. The next thing here is hydration. It's like just so important and so often overlooked. I'm very, very big on getting high quality water, you know, you're drinking water every single day, multiple times, most of your body is water, it counts to get the best of the best. So I use a number of filters at home, I have a Aqua true filter, I have a Berkey filter, and every single morning, I will hydrate with about 32 ounces of water with some Element electrolytes, so no sugar, no artificial, anything, really high quality paleo electrolytes. And that's how I start my day. Most people don't know this, but overnight, you can lose anywhere between three to five pounds of water just by breathing and by sweating. And so it counts to hydrate. Next thing here would be definitely incorporating or getting a sufficient amount of protein in your diet, especially a full spectrum of amino acids that are highly bioavailable. So it tends to be you know animal protein that is the most bioavailable and has the full spectrum of amino acids. And this becomes increasingly important with age because a natural process of aging is something called sarcopenia, so the, the loss of muscle mass. As a result, we should make a parallel effort to maintain and even gain muscle because having as much muscle in our body and you don't have to be a bodybuilder and be super ripped but just having a good amount is going to help you maintain your functional capacity so you have <laughs> you, know, you can engage in your day-to-day activities you have a higher resting metabolic rate so you're burning more calories just maintaining as your body maintains itself and you also keep your insulin sensitivity very very high so you you know, are avoiding disease, preventing disease. And there's so many more benefits, right, of gaining and maintaining muscles we age. So protein and then weightlifting as well. I'm trying to keep your VO2 max up. Next thing here, and I think you'll appreciate this because this is, I was inspired by Andrew Huberman, the Stanford neuroscientist that's been going viral online. His specialty is the visual system, how it impacts your physiology. One thing that i learned to appreciate because I do like to get into these flow states and be super productive, something that I didn't have for a very long time. Actually, the medication that I was taking was Adderall for a very long time. So I I appreciate this sort of productivity very much. So, And I found that playing around with the applied science of the visual field is huge. Because for example, as I look at you on the screen, and I have this phone just a few inches from my face, I'm more focused. So I have this sort of, you know, narrowed view, and it engages, you're more focused, right? Whereas if you look and engage the periphery, the peripheral ends of the visual cortex, you naturally become a little more relaxed. So it's like if you're enjoying a sunset or a, a nice landscape view, you're naturally going to relax a little more. But when it comes to getting focused, I find that just like looking at a fine point on a screen or on a paper really helps me focus quite well. So that's something else that I think people should appreciate. Next thing, and this is probably one of the top three most important is your circadian rhythm and how to prime your circadian rhythm to improve performance, quality of life and sleep. So I think it's extremely, extremely important for people to wake up in the morning and get sunlight as early as possible to get that natural peak in cortisol. It's going to motivate them, energize them and make them productive. And then that's followed up by a nice drop in cortisol and increase in melatonin later in the day, which helps support your sleep. So I actually did a podcast recently with a, believe it or not, a woman that has a, she has a PhD into circadian rhythms. Her name is Azure Grant. It was one of my latest podcasts. We talk all about the kitten rhythm, how to prime it and how to leverage this science to optimize your performance, optimize your life. Next thing here is the therapeutic benefits of ketosis. So it doesn't mean you have to go on a ketogenic diet, but I think that achieving a ketogenic state at least a couple times a week can be very therapeutic. There's a lot of science that supports that, you know, going in and out of ketosis and, you know, activating what's called the ketone to glucose switch. So you can do this via fasting or a low carb diet. It's really good for things like neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, synaptogenesis, decreases the incidence of cancer. So I like to do that every once in a while. And I find that it's also very helpful for when I have a long work session, I have to be productive. Being in a ketogenic state really helps. I also will su- sometimes supplement with exogenous ketones. There's a brand called Ketone Aid. It's the most powerful exogenous ketones in the world. Those are amazing for sleep, amazing for cognitive endurance. So when I'm doing a podcast, for example, they're amazing. Also really good for physical endurance. Next thing is, and it actually ties in nicely to the ketogenic bullet point, is the importance of keeping your blood glucose levels as steady as possible. So I'm very close with Jessie and Chauspin. Some of you guys on here know her as the glucose goddess online. She's gone viral lately. She recently published a book called The Glucose Revolution. She teaches all kinds of biohacks, if you will. So applied science, practical applied science to help stabilize glucose levels. Now you don't have to have them completely stable, but keeping them stable enough by simply adjusting the order of macronutrients. So eating your protein and fiber first, and then your fat and then carbs last will help to limit cravings later on, will help to improve your focus, your energy levels, your attention. You can take apple cider vinegar before a very carb dense meal to keep them steady. There's a lot that you can do to keep your blood glucose level steady, and it's extremely helpful for so much. And it's actually, that was the first podcast I ever published was with her. So if you guys want to tune in to episode number one, that was a really, really good one. Next thing on this list, and we're almost done. Actually, the last thing on this list is the role that hormones play in hunger and satiety. So the other project that I mentioned, the collaborative or the concentration medical practice that I run, the name of that practice is, like I said, hambre yormonas, hunger and hormones. We teach people how to incorporate lifestyle change that puts their hunger hormones in favor of sustainable weight loss. It's a summary of what we do. And so we look at hormones like leptin, ghrelin, insulin, and cortisol. Those are the four that we focus on. And there's things that you can do such as you know, incorporating a, a good amount of omega-3 in your diet to decrease your triglycerides, which interfere with leptin signaling. So you can adjust your body weight set point to a lower body weight. Now, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole just yet. There's a number of podcasts that I've done, like I said, but there's a lot that you can do to manipulate your hunger hormones. So you can improve satiety, improve energy, and get your body in accordance with the lifestyle change that you want to incorporate. And so those are the top 10 things that everyone should know about their physiology.
1: I mean, it's just unbelievable how you have this down to a science, you know, no pun intended. You know, what's the big roadblock, do you think, for people to not understand their physiology, right? It's It's like driving a car, right? If you drive a car, you want to know the type of engine, the type of gas, you want to know what your car can do. And the gas that you put in it obviously leads to better performance. How come people are so against understanding their own bodies and tailoring their behavior and their diet so that they perform better, just like any car? That's a really good question. I would say that the biggest thing, the biggest barrier
0: is, I'll put it very simply, ignorance is bliss. A lot of people just choose not to know. They think that they're better off not knowing. I think that's a real burden, your personal health and wellness. I believe everyone should be their best number one health expert. Genuinely, I believe that you don't have to be a doctor to be your best health expert. Just really listening and understanding your body and applying some science can get you so far. The next barrier is, yeah, people just don't think that they need to be their health experts. They think that they need to always outsource their health. They're intimidated by it. And, you know, obviously a lot of the stuff that we've spoken about already, and a lot of the stuff that I share can be a little more complex. And I've actually had people ask me to sort of tune it down and make it a little more simple. But I'm like, you know, there's other places you can go to get the really, really simple stuff. I'm trying to do the research justice while making this accessible. And I think there's a fine line there. And so if you don't know enough or you feel intimidated, maybe learn a little more and then join us and apply the best and latest science. Otherwise, you're not really going to appreciate it. You're going to be intimidated by it. But, you know, we're not going too far down the rabbit hole. I think we're doing a pretty good job. Anyway, the barrier can be ignorance and it can just be. You know, not believing that you deserve to really
1: know, be your best health expert. I mean, let me just play on um, devil's advocate because you know I'm super into nutrition and fitness. You know, not to quite the extent you are, because you're next level. But I definitely find this stuff super interesting. And the general comments people make are, well, you know, you want to enjoy life, you want to enjoy good food, you want to, you know, have all of the, you know, pleasures of life. How do you answer people who say that the lifestyle you lead is too regimented? You're not enjoying life. That's a great question. And
0: to be honest, I think most people will be surprised by the flexibility that I have in my life. Now, of course, I am biased and it's a good question. What I'll say is this. I'll say that when the bulk of what you do is supporting your health and wellness, you can give yourself that wiggle room to enjoy and feast and indulge. I definitely do. For example, I celebrated my 25th birthday last week and I told my girlfriend, I said, you need to bring these two cakes that I love. And I'll tell you what, a lot of health and wellness supporting, you know, being able to indulge with people that you love. It was just the endorphins and the oxytocin and the good feelings in that room were enough to justify the cake that I had, because that alone is a huge health and wellness component. You know, if you're eating your cake alone, that to me is a problem. But if you can enjoy indulging with people that you love and you can do it in the right moment and the right time and very making it very intentional, then it's always going to have your back. And I definitely, definitely indulge a lot.
1: Let's go back to your podcast because I think it's absolutely phenomenal. You know, know your physio. You state that it's not really opinions or doubts. It's just facts and scientific evidence. Explain that.
0: So everyone has a bias. And through science, you try to limit bias as much as possible, right? Now, most of what we share is based on well-established mechanisms. And what we do is we try to help you apply and learn the lifestyle habits necessary to leverage those mechanisms and help you optimize, right? But again, there is a certain degree of novelty that we assign to our content. Like at the end of the day, we have to share some things that maybe aren't so well established, but just to provoke that sense of curiosity and to get people interested. And I think that there's a fine line, right? Because you want to get the real good stuff that actually works. And you also want to have an element of novelty. I think what really helps is that the people that we interview on the podcast 90% of them are top experts. You know, I have friends on occasionally and things like that, but most of them are experts in the field. And, you know, what's an expert best at? Taking the most complex and making it applicable, making it digestible. And, you know, what they share is the facts. They're on top of the best and latest research. They're on the front lines. And we try to always stick to the facts. We try to avoid spreading misinformation. Actually, my last podcast with Kevin Bass was all about scientific influencers and misinformation. If you guys want to tune into that one and yeah, we try our best to get the facts and leverage the understanding of these mechanisms that are well-established.
1: Now, you know, back to indulgence, because I think that's so important. You know, do you think that in this day and age where everything is so convenient, everything is available right there and then, and everything is really drugified, to be honest with you, do you feel like there's a element of overindulgence? And if so, How do you recommend people combat that and really remain healthy and keep a prudent mindset? So
0: another really, really good question that I know will help so many people that
1: are tuning in right now. I think in this day and age,
0: it's so easy to live a mediocre life. And I'm not here to blame anybody or to point fingers. I'm just saying it's so convenient. And we have all these modern technologies that make that so convenient. You know, food is readily accessible. Processed food is everywhere. And it's not just cheap in that costs a few dollars, but it's cheap also in that you don't have to spend a lot of energy to get it. But we do have these preserved evolutionary mechanisms that are often overlooked. And if we get more in touch with our ancestral ways, which really is a lifestyle of you know, building resilience, it's a lifestyle of challenge, that has a huge return on your investment. That makes you stronger. That makes you more resilient. That helps you truly, truly optimize. You know, challenge is a part of our physiology. Resilience is a part of our physiology. Being comfortable all the time, you're going to completely dismiss that. You're not going to be your strongest. You're not going to be your smartest. You're not going to be your fastest. And so I think that for the people that are often indulging in that convenience, ask yourself, what's that really doing for you? Are you trading short-term pleasure for long-term satisfaction? Ask yourself that question. Next time you indulge in a habit that you know at the end of the day isn't very healthy, ask yourself, are you trading that short-term pleasure for long-term satisfaction? Would you rather pursue a lifestyle of satisfaction? Well, that comes with a lot of challenge and becoming stronger, smarter, and faster through that challenge. There has to be an element of challenge for you to optimize your life.
1: I mean, that's just so well said. I feel like we're just learning about this field of health and wellness. What are some advances you see coming up in the next five or 10 years?
0: Man, I'll tell you
1: what, that given
0: the global circumstances that we've seen in the past couple of years, I think everyone is a little more inspired to get in touch with their physiology, to learn and apply the best and latest science, and to help limit the spread of misinformation as well. And I mean, I like to imagine that I'm on the front lines and that things are evolving very, very quickly. But again, there is this level of bias. You know, this is my field. I don't know what it's like for the average person or what they see. Some of the biggest advances that I see coming up are definitely going to be related to things like telemedicine and remote monitoring. You know, my practice, one of the novel things that we do that are actually, that work really, really well is we work with a lot of these clinical grade wearable devices that allow me to monitor my clients' and patients' physiology remotely. So no matter where they are in the world, I can see exactly what their physiology is doing and I can therefore administer lifestyle change, supplements, different Workout regimen, nutrition, biohacking, mindset, etc., and that's been huge. And of course, with the global circumstances, working remotely—I mean, there's that silver lining, right? So, yeah, I think that's going to be evolving very, very quickly. I don't know if we're going to get to the point within the next ten years where some of these devices can even be embedded into your body. But I'm personally very interested to see how far remote monitoring will go, remote physiological monitoring (RPM) is what it's called. And then beyond that, I mean, I think as exciting as nutrition is. There's so much unknown about it. There's so, 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 so much unknown. And everyone is so bio-individual. Everyone is so unique. Beyond that, you know, the environment that you expose yourself to, the way that you age, all these things play a role on your genetics. And therefore, achieving optimal health is like constantly shooting darts at a moving target. And nutrition is, is one of those big darts, right? So, I mean, I think those things will come very, very far. I think genetic testing will come very, very far in the next few years. And I think that if you want to be on top of the best and latest, what really counts is to be super open-minded and question everything and listen to the people that know when to say that they're wrong or that they don't know, because those are often the experts. And I admit, you know, I'm very young. I'm learning every single day. I'm not an expert in anything really, but I am extremely curious. I'm always wanting to learn more and I'm always trying to catch myself and admit to myself when I'm wrong. So I think that is just part of being a good scientist. And I think that scientists that know how to say that they're wrong or that they don't know are
1: the ones that are going to take us very, very far. So let's talk about most of our listeners, right? There's definitely people like you and I that are into this field that understand fitness, wellness, nutrition, but the vast majority of people who are going to listen are not into this or find it very daunting, right? It's a big challenge to start eating right, sleeping right, hydrate, exercise, exercise, If you could give one piece of advice to people listening who want to change their life for the better, what is it? The first thing you need to do is ask yourself why.
0: I'm a big believer in starting with why. If you actually, if any part of your being has some level of curiosity about fitness, nutrition, and just being healthier, try to meditate on it and try to self-reflect and ask yourself why, and then pick that apart. And you'll find that most of the time, most of us are thinking about that already And if we get in touch with the reason as to why we want to accomplish that, it'll help that to materialize a little more in the form of habits and engaging in that change. And another thing I want to say is, it's actually supported by a lot of good neuroscience. And again, Andrew Huberman has a lot of really good work on this, is when it comes to setting goals like fitness goals and health goals, you want to set big goals that have a 15% failure rate. So they're like goals that are about 85% difficult. So they're really difficult almost to the point where you're like, wow, you know? Because one of the things that actually drives your motivation, believe it or not, it's based in the amygdala, it's fear. So the fear of what will happen unless you accomplish what you're setting out to accomplish, right? And so if you have a goal that is pretty difficult to accomplish, you'll have a certain level of fear. And if you have your why really truly defined, then you're going to realize that you need to accomplish that. And I think that's going to be huge for a lot of people. And then I think that understanding that and then being able to assign extremely small steps that are impossible not to accomplish. So creating a sort of timeline between now and then when you want to accomplish that goal, having really, really small steps are going to add up. That's going to help you accomplish a lot when it comes to your fitness, nutrition, et cetera.
1: I mean, that's so well said. And it's been half an hour, man. I'm going to let you run because I know you're busy. I just want to summarize by saying that, you know, baby steps, like you said, are critical, but really knowledge is power, Right trying to change your life for the better without understanding how to do it or why to do it is virtually impossible. So again, really recommending everyone who's listening, check out the podcast, know your physio. It's awesome. It's really dumbed down for the lay person to understand why is it important to sleep right? Why is it important to eat right? Why is exercise important? Hydration, all the stuff that we covered here today. So visit the podcast. Andres, awesome work, man. You should be really Thank proud you. of yourself. Thank you. I am. And
0: and, uh, honestly, it's opportunities like these that allow me to reflect and appreciate how far this has taken me and my community. And it's such a pleasure to be here with you. It really is. I can't wait to bring more good substance to our audiences and to make you know physiological intuition more accessible. And for those of you who are interested in tuning into the podcast, it's found everywhere know your physio. You can go to my Instagram. There's a link in my bio that I added if you want to sign up early for the newsletter where we're gonna have you know physio vocab to help you stay on top of all the best and latest science and all the best and latest lingo, because I think that's a big barrier for a lot of people, is just the basic lingo in physiology. And beyond that, you know stay tuned for our website, which is gonna be published in a couple of weeks. We've spent the past six months compiling a massive amount of content. I would say that even though I've published a lot of content already, it's only about five to 10% of what I've produced, and my team and I have been working on organizing in a number of different formats, so that you guys can tune in. So stay tuned for that website. And yeah, you guys, thank
1: you all for this amazing opportunity. Thank you so much, Dr. Rick. All right, dude. Unreal, man. Awesome work. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Take care, you guys. Later.
0: So that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For all of the show notes, including clickable links to anything and everything that we discussed today, everything from discount codes to videos to research articles, books, tips, tricks, techniques. And of course, to learn more about the guest on today's episode, all you have to do is head to my website, undressprechel.com. That's a n d r e s p r e s c h e l dot com and go to podcasts. You can also leave your feedback, questions and suggestions for future episodes, future guests, so on and so forth. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next one. Have a lovely rest of your day.